0: May we affirm our faith with joy and a willing spirit as we hear today's scripture. The first reading is from the book of Proverbs, chapter 8, verse 1 through 4. Does not wisdom call, and does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights, beside the way, at the crossroads she takes her stand, beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals she cries out, To you, O people, I call, and my cry is to all that live. The second reading is from the Gospel of John, chapter 16, verse 12 to 16. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father have is mine. For this reason I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. A little while you will no longer see me, and again in a little while you will see me. This is God's word to God's people.
1: time I'm not sure I've ever actually led a Father's Day service before (laughs) and some of you may guess why because I have been going to annual conference since I was a youth an annual conference with the exception of one year I want to say has always fallen over Father's Day weekend and up, it, always always in my definition of always. Other people celebrate annual conference at different times. But at the California Pacific Annual Conference, it is usually Father's Day weekend. And up until a few years ago, we were still doing the business of annual conference on Father's Day. So we would worship as a gathering together, but we, I, most of the clergy were not in their churches to recognize the fathers in their midst because they were were at their, their called session and their church. Um, so you guys are a first for me, congratulations. <laughs> and in recent years when Father's Day or when annual conference ended on Saturday, I have been responsible for the minutes of annual conference for the last 10 years. And so even if the annual conference ended at nine o'clock at night, The idea of working for another three hours, getting the minutes done, hopping in the car, driving home, and then waking up three hours later to preach a sermon just didn't make sense. So, again, congratulations, this is a first. Well, actually a third, because I've already preached it twice before. Um, (laughs) But, and I also usually don't preach in flip-flops for any of you who have noticed, but, Sitting in chairs for as long as you do at annual conference when you have sciatica does not feel good. So I'm in a little bit of pain, much better than I was at eight o'clock, but I'm in a little bit of pain, so if I seem a little groggy or not my usual chipper self, I apologize for that, but you understand why. I'm doing what makes me feel comfortable so I can deliver you the message that God has placed on my heart. And any of you who are here on Mother's Day know that I didn't really preach a super flowery Mother's Day sermon either. So don't be surprised when I tell you that I'm preaching off of the lectionary as opposed to writing that super flowery Father's Day message that I could. But the truth is, is that on Father's Day, our goal isn't just to talk to the fathers, but to talk to everyone and to see how God the Father is talking to us and guiding us into this place and inviting us to be who we are meant to be. So now that I've given you all those caveats, let's jump into the scriptures. Our scripture from Proverbs is one that I appreciate because it reminds us that God has wisdom and information to impart to us and that there's understanding that we can reach At every crossroads in our lives, sometimes we think about crossroads and we say, "Oh, those are the big turning points." For our college students, or for our high school students, it's what college am I going to? For our college students, it's am I going to find a job when I graduate? For some of us, it's I'm dating this person. Is this the love of my life? But I'm going to challenge you to say that we see and experience crossroads each and every day in a myriad of places and. At a, with a variety of opportunities I have for my campers that I lead camp for have likened our faith journey to a choose your own adventure book did any of you read those ki- those books to your kids when you were younger okay I've got one person who knows what I'm talking about so so there there were these books when I was growing up that we would read through a story and we'd be following a hero and a heroine and they'd have these choices to make along the way. And you'd get to a point in the story where it would go, will you follow Jake into the forest to follow the troll or will you go back to the safety of your ship? And then depending on which choice you chose, you would turn to a different page in your book and you would have a different outcome. The truth is, is that our faith life is just like that. But we don't just have two choices, we have a myriad of choices, a multiplicity that God has placed before us that we have a choice to pause for a moment, to listen for God's spirit and calling in our lives to follow God's will, or to go off on our own haphazard adventure. But the good thing is, is that regardless of whatever choice we make in our own Choose Your Adventure books, God goes with us and then knows the variety of choices that we have at the next intersection. It's a great gift that we have a God that meets us at the crossroads of our lives, trying to impart wisdom to us, and inviting us on a journey with God. And oh, that gospel message from John. I told you all last week that I'm a Holy Spirit girl. And I'm so thankful for the Holy Spirit in our lives because that's how I view that we receive this wisdom that we're talking about. But ooh, am I glad that we only get a little bit of wisdom at a time. Because if God told me what God's full intentions were for me the day that I had my calling, I would have gone (laughs) that's not me you're talking about. You're calling someone else. Clearly that's not me. Accepting my calling was hard enough, so accepting All of the changes and all of the different opportunities that God has placed in my life at that one given moment, I'm not sure I would have been able to say yes to, but I was able to say yes to one calling. And I'm so thankful that God still has so many things left to say to me and so many things left to say to all of us. God is always opening new chapters of our books, giving us new adventures to explore, and new opportunities to really follow into who God is calling us to be. Now, you've heard me say that many of us were at annual conference this past week. And I give kudos, especially to Nancy Moravec, who, who got home late and woke up and made it to the 8 o'clock service to give the mission moment. So thank you, Nancy, for that. Um, and you will hear her mission moment in just a few moments. Um, It's a long experience and it can be tiring as well. We are very blessed that we had some very wonderful delegates from our church go to annual conference. And in a couple of weeks, we will share a report with you that gives our reflections of our experiences and, and tell the business and give an overview, but also to share how worship unified us despite the differences of all of those that were gathered there. And since it's going to be an overview, I decided to take some creative license and share with you one of the sermons that was powerful for me. Not all of the sermon, but some of the highlights of the sermon, so that you would have, have the opportunity to hear the wisdom of one of the bishops from another annual conference. Bishop Cynthia Fierro Harvey is the resident bishop of the Louisiana area, which serves the south central jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church. And as she prepared her sermon for the ordination service, she did something similar to what I said to you guys, in in that while she was writing a sermon for the ordinands, she was really writing a sermon for everyone. I didn't even really try to write a sermon for fathers, other than to recognize that fathers are some of the people that help us grow into understanding how God helps us to be curators, and I'll address what curators are in a moment and she spoke in her sermon, Bishop Harvey, about signs and wonders. And I thought that it was so appropriate that she spoke about signs and wonders as I was talking about intersections and how God has many things left to say to us. She talks about them as those miraculous moments where we get the privilege to witness what God is doing in the world. She says if you want to learn more about signs and wonders, to read the books of Acts because most of the, most of the scriptures that we reference when we talk about signs come from the book of Acts. And she says that we as the people of the church and part of the body of Christ are in a beautiful place to watch miracles take place day by day. We see signs and wonders that point us towards the one who gives us life. She said that it's a privilege that we get to walk with others, to stand with them, and to support them in both the highs of their lives and the lows of their lives. And that's true not just for clergy, but for everyone. We have people that God is inviting us to be in a relationship with, so that when they have moments of being receptive to God's grace, we might truly be the people that can share that grace with them. And it's not necessarily by saying, Have I told you about my personal Lord and Savior? But instead it's, I'm gonna sit with you while you're grieving. I'm going to come and bring you dinner while you are in a place of ill health. I am going to celebrate with you when your child gets their first job. The options are endless. As she was talking about this ability to be with others and to walk with them on all of their life's journeys, I reflected back on my clinical pastoral education, or CPE, experience. When I was doing my CPE, I had the opportunity of working in a hospital down in San Diego, and I was assigned two units, the neonatal intensive care unit and the burn unit. Not the easiest units to to visit, especially around the 4th of July, just to put that out there, Um, but, but... ones that I felt so honored to be able to walk with people on their journeys. There was one day in particular that talks about those highs and lows happening in the same day. I had one family who was visiting in the neonatal intensive care unit whose child was born at 34 weeks because of the fact that they were in a car accident and the mother had premature labor and delivered the child early. Due to the car accident, the child um, actually had some brain damage in the accident, and the parents had the difficult choice to make about whether or not to keep, keep her on life support. And I walked with them on that journey, prayed with them, offered them a safe place to, to, to shed their tears, to process what was going on, and to think about what their options were. And when they decided to take their child off of life support, I had the opportunity, along with my supervisor, to baptize their baby, give her a bath, get her dressed, and take her over to her parents so, so that they could say their goodbyes and be with her as she passed. It was the hardest thing in the world to do, and I'm impressed that I can tell you about it without crying, but that same day, I walked into a room of a young woman who had had a difficult life, who struggled to see God in her world, and had delivered a healthy baby. I ran into one of her friends in the dining hall and she goes, would you be willing to come up and visit my friend? I was like, of course, that's what I'm here for. So I went up to go visit the friend and as I sat down, I was having a conversation with her and I said, so how are you doing today? She said, you know, I've always struggled to believe in God but I don't know how you cannot believe in God when you look at the face of this child. And she had such joy and such peace and such a knowledge that while learning to be a parent is difficult, that she knew that God was walking with her on that journey. Sometimes we have the opportunities to do those highs and those lows in the same day, and sometimes we don't. And that's okay, because that's a lot to do in one day. But God invites us to be a part of all of the experience We have a privilege of holding a newborn baby and also sitting with a family as their loved ones takes their last breath. We take them from grief to a place of celebration. We're companions, we're shepherds. We are all curators to help others find healing. For the people that God has placed in our lives, whether they are biological or not, we have the ability to give them hope, to give them promise, to let them know that not only do we love them, but there is a God that loves them as well. Bishop Harvey, as she was preaching, referenced Richard Rohr, who is a great Christian mind in our world today. And he said, the kingdom of God breaks into the world when the people of God act as God would act to act as God would act. We get to choose. We have the privilege to remind those people that we interact with within our church community and out in the larger world that their identity is that of being beloved children of God, that they are a people of God, and that we have the opportunity to be the ways that God creates space so that God can break in. This happens when we trust God and one another, and we seek unity to be who we should be and who we strive to, strive to become who we are. It doesn't happen in deep thoughts and intellectual musings and everything else. Those are great and wonderful, but it really happens when we trust God. It really happens when we choose to be in relationship with one another. We are grafted into the body of Christ with our distinct skills and roles. And even though we may not all think alike, we may not all have the same opinions, our gifts and skills help us to be the kingdom in this place so that people might experience how God is breaking into our lives, into their lives, and inviting us to a place of healing, hope, promise and grace. Mother Teresa said, if we have no peace, it is because we have forgotten that we belong to one another. We truly do belong to one another. Walking with each other, learning from each other, challenging each other, and striving to grow together. Bishop Harvey uh, invited us to have a period where we reflected on our lives and the ways in which God is at work in our lives, inviting us to be that curator that I was talking about. And she did that by inviting us to look at our hands. And she invited us to prayerfully consider the countless times and the countless ways that we have done things with our hands in our world. She invited us, how many meals have we made with these hands? How many miles have we driven with these hands? How many hands have we held? How many people have we helped? And after we had a chance to reflect on that, she invited us to look at our hands again and to think about how we might use those very same hands today tomorrow and all of our tomorrows so that we might use them to act like God, to be the people that allow the inbreaking of the spirit and God to touch the lives that are needing God's blessing at this moment. We have an opportunity to bless the world, said Bishop Harvey, to reach out to this very broken and fragile world to hold those things as God would. She encouraged us to worry less about pleasing others and and focus more on how do we grow as disciples so that we are ready when God calls us and sends us to go into the world to act more as God would act. We need to learn to share our experience of the overwhelming love of God we need to look at what God is doing to find those crossroads and to see where God is working signs and miracles into our midst and maybe challenging us with a new thing that God has to say. Parker Palmer, who is an author, talked about the further journey. And as he was focusing on his life and how he, who, he, blah, 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 who he was called to be as he grew in his faith, And development he came across a Quaker quote that says before you tell your life what you intend to do with it listen to what it intends to do with you before you tell your life what you intend to do with it listen to what it intends to do with you I love that because I don't know about you but I'm the queen of making plans I'm really good, and I say that, and then I put Walt next to me, and he's like the penultimate king of making plans and planning things out to the nth degree. I'm, he's here, I'm here, I don't know where everybody else is. But, but we can make plans, and we go, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this. And sometimes when we get so stuck on our plans and our schedules, we don't allow ourselves to be open for the Spirit, open to the ways in which God is calling and inviting us to the next step of our journey, to go to that next crossroads experience and say yes to where God is calling us. God is regularly calling us and inviting us to say, here I am, send me. And when we do that, we do that with courage. I loved it because as Bishop Harvey was talking to the ordinance, Um, She thanked them for saying yes at just a time as this. That may sound familiar to some of you guys from last summer when we were studying the Old Testament and we looked at the book of Esther and how Esther's uncle said to her, God may be calling you for just such a time as this. The truth is, is that God is still calling and hopefully we are open to the ways in which God is alighting a path for us. And giving us new crossroads opportunities where we can be those curators of hope, grace, and peace. When we strive to be our best selves, we find ourselves in places that we never expected to be, and that's when we experience those signs and miracles. Sometimes we can do all of the head book learning that we think is important, we can receive all the degrees and training that we desire, but often our best training comes when we are in the experience of interacting with people and not just saying the first thing that comes to our head, but instead pausing, saying, how can I be like God in this situation? Come Holy Spirit, guide me. And in the process, we say something that we never thought would come out of our mouth, but was the exact words that that person that we're we're interacting with needed to hear. More than anything, when we are growing in our faith, when we are at a crossroads, it's one of those places that is frightening and amazing all at the same time. If we're not doing something that challenges us, makes us a little uncomfortable, pushes us outside of our comfort zone, then we're probably not growing into who God hopes and desires us to be. What was that quote that I said? Before you tell your life what you intend to do with it, listen to what it intends to do with you. If we are not being challenged, then we are probably not listening to what God is intending to do with us we are probably not where we need to be. But again, there's another crossroads just a little bit down the road where once again, God will say, child, are you ready? Come follow me. We have a grand adventure in front of us. Let's choose this journey, choose this adventure and grow. I will give you wisdom. I will give you knowledge. We will journey these crossroads together because I have still many more things to say to you. Amen.